0: welcome to the elevate with grace podcast for people who are short on time and long to take steps to create success on their own terms at school university and in our early careers we work hard and we approach those challenges with courage ambition and passion We have lots of hope and energy for creating lifelong success on our own terms. And then something happens as we head into our 30s and beyond. We start to hold ourselves back and put limits on ourselves and what we can do. We put our head down into work tasks more and outwardly promote ourselves less. Fear and worries about standing out from the crowd start to set in. There's lots of research that supports the phenomenon that women become less inclined to take risks, career leaps, and maintain financial independence as they move into their 30s and beyond. This is what we want to explore with you on our Elevate with Grace podcast. We are going to be laser focused on curating and sharing action based ideas, insights and knowledge on the topics of smart risk taking, cultivating career success and creating financial freedom. At the end of each podcast, we want to leave you feeling inspired and pumped up to take action on some bite sized steps for you to slot seamlessly into your life each week that will help propel you forward in reinvigorating your path to success as you've defined it.
1: Welcome to episode four of the Elevate with Grace podcast. I'm Maralda and with me is the ever-talented Claire. In today's pod, we are delivering what I think is absolute gold and I'm excited to be sharing this with you. In the same way that I think it can be challenging to work out your why, we've found that many of us jump into the soul far too quickly. That can limit our achievement in this area. We want to tick our far to do list and end up right when we start the next year. Weight loss is a very relatable example for many. If you can imagine, we sort of make this goal, and by the end of the year, we're sort of back when we started. So after many years of studying and trying different things out with limited success, we are so excited to bring you the best of what helped propel us forward long-term, and a couple of new ideas that we searched far and wide to uncover. If you haven't solved your wine last week, don't stress, and this episode might be the one that unsticks it for you. You can be evolving and growing your why, regardless of the timing, and your intuitive style might need more tangible actions that inspire you. So wherever you are, take comfort. This is the right place for you. doesn't matter how long it takes to get there, as long as we show up and we get started. Let's do the work.
0: Good morning. I'm really looking forward to delving into what are some great tricks, tools, and hacks to help us narrow in on our personal purpose. We only have this one precious life, so we need to make sure that we're doing things that make us feel like we're in flow with that. But first, as is our MO, let's do a quick recap of last week's pod topic and action challenge. Last week, we called out some of the benefits that will happen if we set aside some bite-sized time slots across our days and weeks to get clear on our why, our vision, our personal purpose, whatever you want to call it that makes you get on with the job of creating it for yourself and not come up with those yes but excuses for not doing it. We gave you three thought starter hacks to help you leap into some immediate action. We spoke about starting small with some ideas for certain elements of your life, using something like the moral inventory framework created by Don Price from Atlassian. Or you can start really big and broad and get out of your own way to get that shitty first draft, that SFD down. Or you can just start where you are by asking yourself some self-discovery questions, building on your love it and loathed activity from our first pod episode. The action challenge for this week was to use the thought starter hacks to get started with an SFD of your personal purpose and come up with one action that you will do to get started. So for my SFD of my why, I came up with it's to help as many women as I can each day achieve success on their own terms. My one action commitment I've made is to start my day quietly making a cup of tea and reminding myself of my why and intentionally making sure I set some small activities into my day which are related to that goal. Whether that's to call or meet up with a friend I know who's working through a change and see if I can do anything, or to come up with some inspirational words to share on socials to help people remind themselves to look after themselves and their own success. How did you go with your SFD, Miranda, of your why? And what action did you come up with? What I loved about this one was going back into my
1: previous work, my previous why, and pushing myself to dig deeper. Starting on our own path and the varying degrees of work that we've done in this area before it's definitely interesting to dig into. I don't believe anyone's really finished or done, regardless of age or roles. In tackling our weekly challenge, I used all of our hacks, making a start by just writing down everything as an FFD and using the seven pillars and the person inventory. I revised my draft why, so this is just still in very draft form. I will seek an impactful, purposeful, filling life where I give more than I receive, I elevate my actions and thoughts always, a student of this world and its many cultures, and lift up as many peers in my life as I can reach to all be better humans. I'm driven to creating creative solutions to every challenge, be thoughtful in my footprint and empathetic in this journey of life well into my 90s and perhaps even beyond. My focus has been a little narrow up till now, so it was really nice to dive into my why, interrogate this from all angles before the next few weeks of really targeted action. Now the trick will be to pull this into a single sentence. So last week we explored why having clarity around visions and intentions was so key to moving you in the right direction, offering you a clear signpost when you reached crossroads for decision making. These are not New Year's resolutions, although maybe any time resolutions, as I prefer to think of them, will fall out of these. These are those big picture views of your world, how you want to show up in the world and how your tangible actions for this world and your community are evidence of your big why so others can find support and build on shared visions. For many of us, we've learned to jump straight into the what, be this what do you do for work or what are you seeking to do. Before unpacking the why, and in this instance, once you've unpacked, you will see how all the other elements you have working together, either towards or against you achieving this why, because of that clarity. Hopefully some of those actions in episode one and three have given you some of those good pointers as to your why. When achieving such a big vision, we need to first firm up some strategic goals before we get stuck into specific tasks. That's for future episodes. So strategic goals should fire you up and be realized through a number of task oriented goals and should have high impact. Think about the weight loss dilemma. If we focus on losing a few kilos or running 5Ks, we can achieve this. But chances are life will kick us back into about the same weight and fitness as last year if that's where our focus stops. Instead, if we seek a bigger vision to live a life of fitness and vitality, to find and embrace exercise that brings joy and discover your health and wellness regime that aligns with your way of life, this is a sort of version of a strategic goal. For me, this has shown up slightly differently each year training for challenges, joining coaching groups, trialing different foods. And I stumble when I've sought to tell myself other priorities are more important. Overall, when I reflect on the view of how I want to show up in the world, It's not about weight. It's about energy, pure joy, and discovering new ways to work towards your bigger vision. The decisions you make, the challenges you agree to, the outsourcing you select underpin your single vision year on year.
0: It's good that you were pointing this out, Miranda, as I think it can be a tricky but important difference to get your head around. I was listening to an audio book recently called The Motivation Myth by Jeff Hayden. The main premise of the book is that motivation isn't a feeling that just comes to you like a bolt of lightning which I was disappointed to find out. But anyway, it's that you get motivated by taking small actions each day consistently and the satisfaction you get from taking that action gives you more willingness to take the next action and so on and so forth. So he talks about the distinction, like you mentioned, between setting your big audacious goal and then from there you can create processes around the what and the how to make it happen. So you can't create the processes until you've decided on your purpose and when you've created your processes it's then that you can focus on your daily work plan, forget about your big why and just do the small actions that you need to live your purpose. So I really liked your example Miranda of exercise and health and well-being, and the distinction. Hayden uses an example of getting a university degree. So you might decide, for example, that your why is to be, I don't know, to be a family law professional to help families in some of their life difficulties. And so you need a law degree. The law degree will take you about four years, which can seem overwhelming. So once you've decided that you want to do that, as your why, then you simply focus on the two subjects or however many you have to pass that term and you plan your study and your time and your days and your weeks on those two subjects. And then you keep through doing that process for yourself of how you allocate that time and space to get the subjects done each term and all of the terms. And then before you know it, you've smashed through a four year degree. So as you said earlier, Miranda, in today's episode, we're going to serve up some great content that you can use to refer to and have a play around with. In order to figure out
1: your why, absolutely. So let's start where we started, which was a concept from Simon Sinek a book, Start With Why. In a follow up book, Find Your Why, and again, loads of video resources are out there, so don't think you have to go and read them all. He describes how, when doing this work for himself, he actually asked a few friends to describe him and then dig deeper into how you show up for them, how you make them feel. And in his case, he discovered that he was inspirational to his friends. They found him inspiring. And so that set him on his path, and he's inspiring the world. So I guess that was a great why to really uncover. Another tip from his book is to write down stories moments in your life that are still quite present that light you up and then ask a person, maybe a friend, but someone that's not too close to you to actually listen really hard to these stories and to help you find synergies to finding your why. So I think if you're a really extroverted person or you're really social and it needs to talk these things through to unpack them, then this is a really great tip. I do recognize that some people prefer a structured checklist and doing that work internally So if you prefer this, then there's a couple of different tools out there. One is around a mission statement. Forbes published a piece from Nick Layton to help us dig into our why by identifying and writing up your personal mission statement, which can really tap into your individual why. This will support that deeper knowledge and understanding of yourself. It will help to align your personal and professional vision. I think it's interesting that a lot of people start with a personal and professional vision and at some point try to merge them. And I think Simon Senek and Nick both very aligned that they need to be aligned. So aligning personal and professional visions and then pointing that focus to help when things get cloudy. I think that's probably the most important thing about this why is really helping us to get where we're going with the fewest roadblocks possible because For most of us, I think it's been a windy path up till now. A little bit of clearer direction, a little bit of efficiency would be great. Also, it's great to have a a path to identify when you actually hit your champagne moments to allow us to celebrate those wins and go, yes, I finally achieved this. I've included his checklist in the show notes, but for me, the broader tips as I ran through them were not quite serving as well as just the, the general idea and the five key points of his model. But Claire, I feel like your model actually aligns better with myself and maybe some of our listeners.
0: Yes, in last week's pod, I mentioned the book, The Purpose Project by Carolyn Tate. And in one of the chapters in that book, she talks about how to write a powerful purpose statement for yourself. And so I found a blog article on her website that is basically the same approach that she sets out in the book. It gives you 13 essential ingredients for a powerful purpose statement. It's written for creating a company purpose statement, but I think it works just as well as a guide to help you create your own personal statement. The article has a bunch of great examples of purpose statements from companies that have great ones. And I think that this can help your brain get into a creative mode to come up with what your purpose statement can be. I always find that seeing examples can help you work through how you could translate that into an example for yourself. I think the key here with all of this stuff is not to overthink it. No analysis paralysis, just grab one of those articles or both of the articles 30 minutes or an hour to use these articles as a springboard of ideas to get that SFD of your own y down on paper. You can keep building on it and working on it over time. The main thing is that you get something written down as your starting point. If you're finding it tough to convince yourself to do this, then in last week's pod episode, remember that we talked about the benefits of doing this. So maybe hop into there just to give yourself a bit of ammunition for doing the hard work on this one. A second technique that we've come up with that you could use to quickly try and shake out your why is what we're calling the power of one hack. In a nutshell you pick one word, one idea, one challenge that you will set yourself to focus your energy on. Miranda, I think you've had a bit of success on the idea of the one little word. Can you share why you found that to be a good approach to getting out your why?
1: Absolutely. My personal frustration and something I'm committed to setting right is asking too many esoteric questions without clear guidance of the journey that follows. My journey of One Little Word started a couple of years before I found an actual tool around it, probably relying more on strategic goals to realize my bigger vision beforehand. By setting this clear vision and with more targeted strategic goals, I noted feeling a greater feeling of control in more areas of my world. So encouraged by this clarity of vision and these strategic goals, but unsure how to dial up the needle, so to speak, Went on a hardcore search over several months and eventually came across the idea of one word. This is the idea that you live with a word to guide you. Some years it'll be a fairly passive word, other years a strong action word. And when I first found this, I picked this idea of take control. And wow, work, family, life moved from snail's pace to light speed. Instead of waiting for things to happen, I'm envisaging how to live the word in every area of my life with these monthly prompts, holding myself to account each month, each week with prompts from One Little Word, a class by Ali Edwards. It was so powerful that by May I chose to slow things down again, very happy with the outcomes that have been dragging me down the past few years. Imagine that, four months, two years. The difference was incredible. It was absolute clarity on my visions, my goals, and what I was prepared to accept going forward. I was still planning or goal-setting the years before, but without that clear vision, things were going really pear-shaped. I realized that I was waiting for others to be ready. And in doing so, I was holding back. And I think that's what underpins this necessary finding your why. If you don't, other people are going to implant theirs on you. And so that clarity is like cracking open an egg. It's like lifting open the curtains and seeing the sun. It's quite credible. Taking control also meant that I had to let some plans go. Some things that I was really working hard towards. And in hindsight, it has proven absolutely the right thing to do. So I'm so grateful for getting the clarity when I did. In getting there, I think it's really important to write down the plans. So I wrote them down. I checked in weekly. I did the prompts and I achieved what I achieved in four months. Like I said, just quite inspiring. So visions and strategic goals in your head without a plan, it's not going to give you the results that you need. Resolutions written in a book at the start of the year and never referred back to, probably still not going to get you the results. But a big audacious vision to help guide and taking small actionable steps consistently have proven the most successful to me.
0: Yeah, I think we spoke about this out of the podcast and I, I can see how that would work. So for my 2021 vision board, which by the way, is actually still in draft. So it's a shitty first draft of my vision board, but it's not too bad and it gives me some guidance. But I have three words on my vision board, which have balance, flourish and inspiration for 2021. And listening to you talk, I think I could just make it flourish. Like my 2021 word could just be flourished because. In order to flourish, I need to make sure that I'm doing the work to feel like I'm in balance on any given day or week and reminding myself to be mindful of finding inspiration as I go about my days and weeks for the year will also feed into whether I'm flourishing or not. But I think in reality too, it's great if you can get down to one word and one thing, but it's not that big of a deal to have three words to start with and then check in on them, right?
1: Absolutely not. I so agree that you just start where you start. And some years it's a word, some years it's it's a bigger strategic goal. So I think I really encourage people to, to do what's working for you in the moment. If this is really not serving you, then put it away. If this is like, oh my goodness, if I could just focus on this, I'm going to get somewhere. Take it and run with it because this is your year for that. So this year I started with three. I really couldn't narrow it down. By March, I was same sort of thing as your flourish. I was like, of course, by doing this, it's going to serve all of these points. So I think if you've never tried it, It's definitely worth a try. It was very helpful for me. And we'll put the details in the show notes.
0: Right. So our last hack on how to get quickly stuck into some action steps on your purpose this week is to spend a bit of time cementing for yourself what your superpowers are and also the two or three key values that you live your life by. In the reference articles that we suggested you check out before for how to create your personal purpose statement, some of the questions the authors recommend that you work through is to identify your strengths and your personal values. This in itself can invoke that eye-rolling, groany feeling with a put-it-in-the-too-hard-basket-and-move-on mindset. Plus, a lot of us have been conditioned to not talk about how great we are, and so we don't really think about what our unique strengths are that we bring to our personal and work lives every day. And you do do this, you're probably just not thinking about it much of the time in terms of what those things are that you're bringing to the table whenever you're going about your day and week at work and at home. A really great free diagnostic that only takes maybe about 10 or 15 minutes to do is the VIA Character Strength Survey. The basic premise is that there are 24 character strengths that make up what's best about our personality. Everyone has all of these 24 character strengths, but in differing degrees. So you answer the questions and you get a report back, which gives you the combination of your top five strengths, I think. Maybe it gives you 10 in the free version. I've done this survey quite a few times over the years in different contexts and I found it to be really helpful bit of information about myself that I can reference in various ways when I'm thinking about strengths that I bring to that type of role. If you find yourself getting quite into this stuff, which we really hope our podcast is convincing you to do. I also recommend the Strengths Finder book by Tom Rath and the Gallup Group. When you buy that book, you get a code to do the Gallup Strengths Finder survey online and you get a very comprehensive report back, which you can use with the book to get clear on what your natural talents are. So you can start to make decisions about what you do and you don't do that leverage your strengths across your work and your life. So the concept in the book is that you really do become your best self, not by focusing on, getting better at the things that you're not good at, but by really capitalizing on your strengths. And finally, I think a really good complement to this is to get solid on what your two to three core values are. Miranda, you brought up Brene Brown in the last couple of pods, and she produces a really good content on this in her books, like to Lead, and also on her to Lead website and some of her YouTube videos. If you're finding it hard to narrow down your two to three core values, that's completely okay and pretty normal. It can actually be quite a hard thing to do. But like the power of one hack that we chatted about before, one way you can do this is to circle 10 or so values from the Brene Brown values list that will stick in the show notes. And you can just quickly look at the list, pick 10 that maybe resonate with you off the bat, and then over time work out which ones are the two to three key ones that you truly live your life by you can do that over time so for example when you get annoyed or irritated about something it can be a a bit of a flag to take a quick pause and think to yourself why is that annoying me so much what is it about that thing that somebody's doing that's annoying me so much and often it will be because it contradicts one of your personal values and those things can really lead into writing out your personal purpose statement coming up with your one little word and that sort of stuff
1: no perfect reminder, I think it's been a little while since I've done a character study. So uh, check out that VIO one. I think it's something that we should be asking other people to help you to dig into is certainly one thing that can also be their view and and their vision. So it certainly helps to complement that with doing some of this work on your own and really digging in. Because as you mentioned, we think about our unique selling point, the way we show up in the world. We think about day to day, what are we doing, the what, what, what. So yeah all this work around purpose is so powerful. All right. Well, as we have promised, there is some absolute gold to help you on your way to finding your vision and setting up your clear signposts to help your future path come clearer. I get this like visual of Dorothy landing in Oz, reaching that iconic signpost and just knowing which way she needs to go, leading her companions with confidence. And this is what we want for you all as well. To help you articulate and see your vision come to life, we've explored the value of strategic goals before reaching in for those short-term band-aids. We've explored the personal mission statement or a powerful purpose statement to help you define your why. We've shared the value of dialing your vision into your guiding words with a weekly or monthly action to help you realize your vision much faster and offered tools to uncovering your strengths and your personal values to further unpack your why. By this point, I am hoping you are so excited to get some big ideas down. So we'll jump straight into the action challenge for this week. What we want to do this week is to really seek to articulate and refine your vision to a clearer statement that you can relate to. So take that first draft you created last week, possibly rumble those words and test it. You can do this with someone as per the Simon Sinek method, or you can go a little broader, understand your values and refine your why And at the end of this, come back to that first draft and really try and tighten that vision statement or perhaps use the purpose statement to really get something nice and tight and clear. Generally, you want to aim for one sentence, but be a rebel, you can have two or you can have one word. Once you've done this, start to think about those big strategic goals and how you are going to execute on your vision. Is it about having that one word guide you? Next week, we will get started on realizing your vision and those strategic goals to make it happen.
0: Challenge accepted for this week's action challenge. I'll give it a good red hot go. Like everyone, it always makes me feel a bit cringy and uncomfortable to create big audacious goals for myself but we've talked about the benefits of it so as I mentioned earlier and it's worth hollering out again a hugely important thing for us all to remember is to make sure we're not letting ourselves get in our own ways big time channeling of that concept from Renee Brown and Anne Lamott of getting that shitty first draft of your personal purpose statement down on paper remember that perfectionism kills creativity and you just need to get over yourself and write down your shitty first draft So peeps, go forth and find even just a short slab of time this week to create those SFDs because it will really come in handy for next week's episode. Next week, Miranda and I are very excited because we're going to be doing our first book review of the podcast series, which is The One Thing, The Surprisingly Simple Truth Behind Extraordinary Results by Gary Keller and Jay Papson. There are some really great synergies between the one thing and our Elevate with Grace purpose of curating the amazing content that's out there in the world into bite-sized actionable steps for you to take on your journey of leading a life of success on your terms. Miranda and I are pretty pumped about next week's episode, so we hope you can join us. We've put all the curated content we've mentioned today in the pod episode notes, so you can check them out over the next week and dip into some of the stuff that resonates with you and inspires you to take small action steps on yourself. Also check out our website elevatewithgrace.com.au or hop onto our Insta account for more curated content. And we love, love, love to hear from you and how you're going. So please drop us an email at elevatewithgrace at gmail.com. And please, please, please like and subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends. We can't wait to chat to you next week. Thanks so much for listening.
1: Thank you. Thank you.